Just a black powder podcast, kick up your feet, lean on your armrest, and get your mind blessed on this conquest. Hold a grip like a 12 gauge, let this moment kick. Black people moving and having some gun ownership. I carry weight, not to keep the camera safe. It's thinking about you, my kids, and my parents' faces. The big topics they don't wanna involve us. Think we're novice, but now we're moving hard with revolvers. This the black powder podcast, is getting it started. Primer sip the powder is lit. It's time to get on target. Welcome to another episode of the Black Party Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Yasuke Fett. And just a general reminder of your marching orders and why we have created the Black Powder Podcast. The main mission is to change the social view of black society and firearms. How do we do that? Glad you asked. We talk, walk, read, write, and think about it. To find a better solution for a brighter future for the proper protection of black people. Join us through education, practice, and safety as we take down the stigma of black people and guns one discussion at a time. Because at the end of the day, I feel like they, I think they don't really pay attention to us because you got a lot of women nowadays, they don't want the average black man. And then there's always that narrative about the only good black man that we have is either gay or in jail. There's always that narrative because they, the average woman wants what they want. They're not looking for what they need, which is actual protection. If you go to somebody who's not about trying to be with you as a unit, as a relationship, uh, relationship standard, you are only going to find somebody who is going to be with you to only have sex with you and get you pregnant. As far as overall protection, there's not going to be too much there. You're going to be, you're, you may have proxy protection because if somebody's coming from him, there may be a chance he might try and stop them from getting to you simply because of the fact that they're trying to get to him. But as far as overall protection, the people that will be there to, to make sure you're protected and provided for are being overlooked completely. Blackdemographics.com, there is a large majority of men that are single and childless because they are not being chosen. And 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 I, and I agree with you on that, where, you know, my, my thoughts on that is that, like you said, there are men out there who are protectors and providers, and they do everything they, they can to provide and help and protect their family. But a lot of these women aren't looking for that. Yes. They're looking for a provider. And I don't want to say somebody to take care of them, but somebody to take care of them. Right. And when you get that type of person. So let's say women, you go get, oh, I don't got to do nothing. I just, just be here and be pretty. And I'm going to have this guy that's going to take care of me. Okay, when you got that type of guy that's going to take care of you and you ain't bringing nothing to the table, ain't doing nothing, you're going to be attracting those type of guys that are going to cheat because you ain't bringing nothing to the table. So he ain't losing nothing with you. So he's going to be out there doing the cheating. He's not going to be as protective of you because he's just basically paying you to sleep with you. Right. Right. So you're not getting so. So when you get those guys and say well my man ain't protecting me or my guy ain't protecting me and all men cheating and all of that that's because the guys you're attracting are the guys that 
if if he got to pay for everything, he's going to go out there and feel like he's going to do what he want to do anyway. So you can't put us all in that category. Or you can't say black men ain't protective or, or black men don't don't provide. Right. And it, Enable it's not, us like that. Yeah. And and it's so, not even... No, I'm sorry. Not to cut you off. No, but, no go ahead. But it's not even like... Because, you know, it seems like ever since the uh, conception of... Uh, not necessarily ever since the conception of Kevin Shamos, um Ever since his average at best video, you know, when he blew up and went into further detail on what black women should be looking for in black men. And uh, for the record, he started with black men first. He dug into, he chewed up some asses and got straight to the point as far as what black men need to do in order to get their image correct to make it in society. And now he's focused on the women. But if people haven't noticed, he's focusing on trying to put people together. But nobody really wants to listen to that because they're, they're mainly there for the drama and they think that he hates women. If anything, he's there to try and create more black couples. But the problem is, like he continues to point out, is the fact that women want men of high value. Just because you have a ton of money doesn't make you high value. If right. anything, they don't want to pay attention to the average guy. And to break it down on an even more level, uh, look, more basic level, they don't want to pay attention to the ones that actually have the ability to provide or have value. Because you can go and find a man easily, no problem. You know, on the scale of things, when it comes down to to sex and relationships. A woman can have an easier time at creating sex and getting picked, but when it comes to relationships, it's going to be harder because of the consequences of providing easier sex to a man. Because back when you didn't have to worry about, um, you know, Tinder or swiping left or swiping right, there was a lot more uh, conservative mindset as far as trying to find somebody to be with and actually have a full-fledged relationship with versus oh we're just kicking it we're having sex so we're in a relationship oh he left me because he's not getting sex so we're not in a relationship that's what today is nobody is focused on realizing the qualities that a man can bring if anything we're looked at as Unfortunately, as uh, they've said in uh, in society, we're looking at these either bullet bags or, you know, um, wallets. And that's one reason why everything is so jacked up. And that's why they back up Jada, because if anything, with that mentality of us being expendable providers, they expect us to cover every single issue that comes up. But what I've realized a long time ago is this, we only see the end result. We never see the buildup. So I say that to say um, what they expect from a man is for the man to fix every single issue, no matter if they created it or they're involved in it. If a woman is in a situation to where she's in extreme duress and is being harassed by another man, then yeah, they definitely need to be protected. But at the same time, what got them in the situation? I did a story about the time I was in Aldi in one of my uh, one of my episodes, and 
this man walked into the grocery store and he shoved this this lady that was working there down. She, he shoved this girl down. It was so hard, as a matter of fact, it was an audible thud. You can hear how hard he pushed her down. And then he ran out of the store. Everybody was chasing after him. And I, I know for a fact I could have taken him, but when I was younger, I probably would have did it. But now that I'm older, there was something in the back of my mind, something from experience and stories. That's what it was. That kept me from doing that. Because, unfortunately, what usually happens is when another man stands up for, an, for a stranger, a woman, if that man were to die, nine times out of ten, that woman is going to change her story in order to protect the person who caused the no. issue in the first place. And that's exactly what happened. She had some type of, probably had some type of intimate relationship with the dude that came in and pushed her. And when the police showed up, her story completely changed. Did a full 180. I had a coworker of mine a long time ago. His cousin stood up for a woman that was being assaulted by the person she was with, only to get stabbed and lose his life. And she changed the story. So that man died for nothing. If anything, we don't mind protecting the ones that care about us and the ones that actually want to be with us, but the ones that expect us to protect them because they are creating the wrong situation in the first place. Now there's a problem because it's hard to die for somebody that doesn't see the image that the, 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 the worth, the value that you hold as a person. You're not looked at as a person. You looked at as somebody who's supposed to protect them because they look like us. I have a problem with that. I can't I can't protect everybody. If you're not going to value my sacrifice and you're not going to realize that I could potentially die from the decisions that you tried to make. Because let's be honest, you can die from a fist fight. Who's to say that Will Smith wouldn't have died that night if, if Chris Rock would have hit him back? Because you have to consider the fact that they're on a stage. You can also hit somebody in the right spot and kill them. And Chris Rock being a small dude, everything is an uppercut. He could if he if he wasn't being the person that he was, if he would have knocked Will Smith off that stage, there's a chance Will Smith could have broke his neck and been paralyzed. Well, you know what? And I applaud Chris Rock for what he did. You know, he, he's not getting the credit that he deserved for maintaining his composure. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot as a, a black man to hold that back to get snapped and not just go off in the moment i mean that's really some good anger control or um because man i, I tell you i mean I, he's probably was shocked in the moment there's probably mostly 90 percent shocked that this actually happened but he didn't even see it coming you know yeah he walked up he didn't see will coming though know, he, he said king richard he didn't even say, you know, Will Smith coming up here to, you know. So he didn't even see the slap coming. He thought it was all part of, you know, the Will King Richard, you know, thing. And it, oh, I don't know, man. That was that was hard to watch. Well, it's, uh, it's also because, you know, they're saying that Chris Rock is on the spectrum. They say he has autism. Uh, a friend of mine, he's autistic, and, and he told me that it is extremely hard for him to display or pick up on emotions so more than likely chris rock being hit 
there's a chance he was still trying to process that. He's like, what the hell? I just got slapped. Yeah. Why did I get slapped? Why did Will Smith slap me? I was just doing my job. What's going on? You you can only imagine the level of confusion he might have been going through because you could see he was shaken up after being attacked. Mm-hmm. So I, for a normal person, you could probably expect that that type of uh, reaction, you know, or at least you can see him get huffed up, pissed off and swollen because they want to do something. But if they realize where they're at, they may try and hold back. But in Chris Rock's case, you can tell something wasn't clicking there. Right. Right. It was just there like, wow, I just got slapped by Will Smith. And which was literally his statement, you know? Yeah. It, it's. Wow. And then, you know, they say backstage, he, he refused to press charges and all of that. So, I mean, he didn't want to make the situation worse than what it was with his comment. So, I mean, I applaud him because it takes a, a huge man to get slapped on national TV and not actually retaliate in the moment well he kept it if anything you could say that he kept it black because just like he said he was trying to provide a better relationship for black people at the oscars in 2016 that's why he went there regardless of all the black nominees Mm -hmm. you could say chris is not trying to portray a black man versus a black man and if anything he's trying to keep that positive image going so he doesn't want to retaliate against will smith as expected because it just goes back to the social norm of black man versus black man which on that topic is sad because will smith never would have done that if it was a a, a, if it was a white man i guarantee you that it's it's sad to see that you know a tall six foot plus black man slaps somebody who's assuming weaker and shorter than him in stature like he like you said some alpha energy like don't you ever talk about my wife like that keep my wife's mouth uh, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth you know that whole deal and and like you said earlier it should have been to the point where he pulled him aside and had a full one-on-one conversation that what image is, is that going to portray in, in black society to other races because now it's going to make it look like we get angry at the simplest things and if anything it has brought to light the fact that in our society we have men that will be willing to stand up quote unquote for women for anything put our own reputation on the line our own reputation on the line for the smallest uh the smallest thing that potentially makes the person we're with angry you know what that kind of you can equate that to or, or, or another analogy is like we're doing that. He put everything that they family and on him and Jade and everybody, kids in there, everything at risk of losing. That's just like you going to work and your wife showing up at your work want to start a fight. Right. At your job. Now you 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 putting everything at risk. Mm-hmm. We going home tonight and now we ain't got a job because you came to work want to show out. You can't wait to get home to have this conversation. You want to act like that. 
Right. Now Will is in the same situation. I mean, Jada could have easily said, you know, hey, you know, don't worry about it. It, it don't even bother me. And he probably wouldn't have never went on stage. Right. You they, know, they could have walked away because uh, yeah. you know it, I don't know. If she she could have said, come on, let's leave. Right. Because you know? the the way you show the way you show your true power is by realizing that you don't respond to people who are lesser than you. You take you the power easy, away from them. Right. They could have easy walked. And they could have walked out of the Oscars. Said, okay, so this is how you think of us? No problem. Because in, in all in all actuality, if they really wanted to get their comeuppance, they could have went and had the, created their own black Afrocentric award show. Because let's be honest, you got the, what, Ebony, Essence, BET, BET. Source, whatever. They could have just went and said, we're going to create our own standard for black success in acting. These are our awards. We may let one or two people in every now and then, one or two people of different color in every now and then, but nonetheless, these are specific awards meant for us. And you try and rival the Oscars. But why should we have to do that? If anything, we we shouldn't have to do that. You know, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to do that. But in today's society, we are, like I said, we don't really own our media image. And if anything, we are utilized as a, a jumping point, as a platform for other things. Like, hey, we need a little bit of, need a little bit of razzmatazz. Add a black person. All right. Now we need it's a little good. seasoning. A little bit of seasoning. Yes. <laughs> we are the seasoning for everything else. You yeah. A little black, sprinkle a little black people in there and then, you you know, it'll be right. Right. And you that's know, why that's, if, if our value is good enough for seasoning, then we just need to be the main dish. That's how I look at it. So if we got our own buffet over here, y'all y'all can go ahead and do that Cajun Creole style, whatever, cool. Or you, you can go ahead and do your Italian dish or whatever, cool. We're gonna go ahead and go over here. We're gonna have some curry goat, some oxtail. We're gonna throw, no, you know what? No, no, it's not gonna be slave food. No, it ain't gonna be slave food. It's gonna be some, some damn good food. I don't know what it's gonna be. But it's gonna be some good food. And when other people want it, just like that story, the little red hen, sorry you didn't help create it. This is for us only. If you helped out, cool. You can go ahead and get a plate. But if you didn't help out, there's not gonna be any they're invited to the barbecue type deal. Like, nah. This is what we got. This is what we created. It's ours. Nobody else is setting a hand on it. Cause it's already bad enough. We've lost so many of our own black media sources to people of other races. Not saying that there's anything wrong with people of other races owning a media source, but it's just like BET, for example. I think BET got taken over by a white person, which kind of kills the whole black ownership thing because you can't control your own narrative. It's like Nick Cannon, whenever he was complaining about Wildin' Out, he, I can't exactly remember everything that happened, but nonetheless, Oh, wait, I remember he he said some negative things about Jewish people to which number one is stupid because (laughs) because Jewish people have a a huge hand in media. And number two, you don't control the show. You can still have Wildin' Out without Nick Cannon, just like they had the Chappelle show without Dave Chappelle. Was it as successful? Eh, probably not. But they still were able to do it because they had the rights to the show. And they can use your name however they want to. Exactly. It's like wrestling. You have a wrestling uh, a wrestling persona, a wrestling personality. 
if that if say for example WWE were to own the name Theron the Titan if you decide to leave and go to another company they'll be like well that's cool but if we hear that name utilized we're going to have our own pound of flesh we own you so you better find a different name so you gotta be Theron the Tremendous or Mm-hmm. The, you know something that doesn't sound as good as they're on the type so that's that's basically how media is if you don't own your own media image anybody can control you and this is that's one of the downfalls of seeing this thing happen on the the Oscars because we still don't control our image and the narr- the narrative that we're continuing to put out there is black people are always going to conflict with it with everybody and they're going to fight over the craziest things. But how many black mainstream media outlets that you're going to get none black people to watch? What type of content that you're going to have to put on there to get those people to watch and be a part of your mainstream black media? Otherwise, we're still in our own bubble. We're still in, like, for example, um, everybody watches CNN, mm-hmm. but how many people you know gonna watch? That, that, that's a black news outlet out there. I can't even think of it. But how many people watch that? How many people watch the BET awards that are not black? You know, but you got black people watching the Oscars, you got black people watching the um, Golden Globes, you got black people watching. Um, all, all the other shows, all the other outlets. How do we cross that boundary and have a successful black media without just only focusing on black content? Unfortunately, it's going to have to be black, black focused content because I can, I'm tr- sitting here trying to think of a, a show that's focused on us that isn't like about drug dealers or whatever else. The last one I could think of is blackish. But I say we, we need to we need to have our own like thing. Cosby family. Huh? We still have clean shows that are on main networks that were not about, you know, it was more focused on the black family. Like back in the day. You had the the Jeffersons, you had the um good times and the and the um family matters and cosby show and the fresh prince of bel-air you had those type of shows but they don't show that no more on on mainstream media uh uh platform when it comes to black people they show on reality shows black women and fighting each other and and beef between rappers and all that's what they want to portray us now. yeah and that's why I'm saying specifically, we need to have our own black network. Don't give a damn if other people watch it. You do cool. If you don't cool, it's not, it is our narrative. It would deal with news that pertains to us, things that could affect us, shows that pertain to us and so on and so forth. Yeah. And not, and not have to deal with it. And I hate this word, not have to deal with the quote unquote culture. Mm. Because let's 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 get down to the brass, okay? We're gonna take the round out, take the powder out. We're getting right down to the brass. Whenever it comes to black people in America, we have no real culture because we were taken away from our culture. What we have is black American culture. What that is, right. I'm not sure, 
because we've had to create it. But after slavery, we weren't in control of that narrative either. Every time we ended up building our own towns and start making, let's say, for example, our own Black Wall Street situation, it was taken away. It was wiped out from history to the point where we're still reliant upon other societies to keep us going. We don't have the respect other societies do. Because like you said, we're we're the seasoning. You know, we can't even keep the, the American dollar in our own society for less than uh, for more than six hours. That's a problem. And we still reparations is still a big conversation. I still find it funny that we can have stimulus checks and everything else go out and Ukraine can even get reparations if I remember hearing right. You know, we, we got all this money to hand out to everybody else. But when it comes to black people and fixing the problem that was created, most people see it as, well, that was our ancestors. We don't have to worry about it. Or right, right. I had I didn't have a hand in that, so it shouldn't pertain to me. You shouldn't blame me for what happened in the past. But because of the sins of the past, we are we as black people are still dealing with trying to get to the point where we can have some respect in the society. And when I say respect, I mean full functioning financial society, not, oh, we feel sorry for you. We're going to paint uh, uh, Black Lives Matter on the side of the street, or we're going to put right. up a statue of a black, uh, important black figure, a black icon. Okay, cool. But where does that get us as far as being able to financially sustain ourselves? And now they're trying to lean more towards that, but it's for small black businesses, which don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with small businesses, but it's got to be more than that because if all we're if all we're made up of is, is black society and and not knocking anybody that has a food truck or you know a clothing line or whatever but if all we're made up of is food trucks and clothing lines what are we really putting out there you know are there any black it firms are there like are there actual black lawyers that are trying to fight to get some of our black people out of jail i mean i could i could go on the list goes on but we that's the society we need we need functioning society and not fictional like what they portray on tv because unfortunately and i, and I told somebody this a while ago a few days ago as a matter of fact unfortunately they don't portray the facts they always portray the fiction whenever it comes to black people mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the main reasons why i even started this podcast because you mentioned black person and a gun all of a sudden they think Thug, gangster, somebody right. that nothing, nothing beyond that. Nobody like a family trying to uh, a father trying to make sure that he's providing protection to his family. Right. I've seen on social media just that standard where you post two different pictures: a black family, a white guy with his kids, you know, boys and girls, mm -hmm. guns, and they consider those as you know patriotic. But you same you take those same guns and put it in the hand of a black father, his wife, and their kids, and now there's a negative sight on this image. Like, why should they have guns? Or why is the dad letting them have guns? Or they that's thuggish or you know, that's ghetto. But you take the same picture and you put it with a white family and they're patriots. What's the difference? The difference is we in black society, when it comes to firearms, we've always had a stigma. Um, even I felt it to a certain degree whenever I started carrying uh, 
my everyday carry. Uh, it was basically as a black person with a firearm, as a as a black person in legal society with a firearm. Sometimes you question whether or not that will get you in trouble because you're trying to do things legally. But you not only face that that battle in your mind internally, you face it externally as well because black society views firearms as, I hate to even say this, but some quote unquote white boy shit. Mm. Uh, even amongst my family, whenever I started talking to, to my uh, stepbrother about different calibers, different types of firearms, why you don't want to utilize a, a drum magazine for almost anything like a, a rifle or um, in his case, he was talking about a shotgun that was a magazine fed. But nonetheless, um, I was breaking down everything to him and I was getting looked at by other people like, what is he talking about? What's some white boy stuff? Right. But yet you look at 2020, we as black society were probably number one, if not number one, when it came to first time firearm purchases. Mm -hmm. So now here we are behind the ball because we refused to advance because we thought it was some quote unquote white boy shit. Now all of a sudden we're dealing with issues such as uh, what our quote unquote white counterpoints went, uh, counterparts went through as far as gun safety in the home, gun safety in the cars. And now unfortunately a raised percentage of children dying in homes due to finding firearms that were not secured safely. I don't want to take you off topic, but that recently just happened last week or the week before with these two kids at a party. Mm-hmm. And they shot each they the girl shot the young man that was on Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Mm-hmm. Shot him in the head. She dropped the gun. She sat down to pick it up. I guess she picked it up wrong. The gun went off again and killed her. Mm-hmm. And and you know that's that's what we're dealing with. We don't we don't teach gun safety in our homes. And I, and I had an episode on that as well. You know and. At the same time, as a gun owner and a father, I'm, I've been hesitant about taking my boys to the gun range with me. I haven't, I haven't taken them yet, and I want to take them, but at the same time, I'm like, I know I need to teach them gun safety because they're they're not around me all the time, and if they're around somebody who's got a gun, they need to understand if that person handling the gun the proper way, or if they need to get the hell on. This the Black Powder Podcast, let's get it splitting. We got the wisdom hitting targets with a marked with precision. We're having fun in the booth, we're running gun for the truth. To every future black gun owner, we're spreading the news. We do it legal, we're moving regal and blessing the people. Some hopes for the culture, we keep it locked like guns in our holster. Holding it down as we're loading the rounds. If they were nervous back then, right. then they're gonna be scared of us now. Black Powder Podcast, we'll be back in a while. Yeah.